0: A long weekend in the countryside, muck on your welly boots, having just enough battery to call a taxi. There are a million things I'm thankful for today, but what is my guest thankful for?
1: Hopefully, I've burned all my bridges with the advertising industry forever. (laughs) Burn the bridges, and then you've got nowhere to go but forward.
0: Welcome to Thanks a Million. I'm Angela Scanlon, and this is the show that takes a sneaky look at my guests' gratitude list to find out the things that shaped their lives. Today I'm meeting Andy Leak, a name you might not have heard of, but if you're a user of Instagram or have visited London, the chances are you'll have come across his work. There are these little messages, almost like giant post-it notes, hidden. On street corners, on lampposts, on phone boxes, and they're simply positive, inspiring words to get you through the day. Things like you can always find new interests, good point. Make it not boring, also a good point. And there are people that everyone falls in love with. So yeah. He's a motivational dude. Notes to strangers is what he goes under on Instagram and in his artwork. It started off as a bit of therapy for Andy for reasons that we will discuss, but moved quickly into helping people he didn't even know. Hundreds of thousands of people as it happens. Let's go and meet him. So for anyone who hasn't seen any of your work, what does it look like and where did it start?
1: My work is... Uh, as simple as i can possibly make it it's a four-sized single posters that i stick up around cities Mm -hmm. with my writing on them in big black marker pen it's color Uh, it used to be flat color but i'm starting to experiment now with with painting a little bit more with words on top i've heard people say that they first discover it and they think it's some sort of advertising when you look a little bit deeper, you realize it's not actually advertising anything. Yeah. And I think that that's probably very clear that I used to work in advertising. So I've taken all the skills that I, I learned trying to make big companies richer and make brands more famous. And now I'm I'm using it to try and put a little bit of positivity into people's days. Mm-hmm. The advertising background is kind of where Note started. I was uh, about eight or nine years into my career and I had quite a quick ascension up the food chain which was good in some ways but in other ways as soon as you start getting more senior in a job you start doing less of the the thing you you love and you start doing more of the politics and the management and I didn't like it and I started to fall out of love with my career I became a victim of my own success in in a way that I completely burned out but yeah my commute was grinding me down my work was relentless and yeah I, I burned out and had a mental health issue that meant i went to the doctors and they prescribed a month off work to recover and i when i went back to work i went from being the darling of the office to suddenly completely shunned on the outside this was a, a while ago now and the attitudes towards mental health are still in the dark ages in some places and i realized that a big part of the reason that I had my problem was because I'd stopped making art because I didn't have any time I didn't have any. I'd always made art throughout my whole life just to, to do it I've always enjoyed it and I realized that I'd stopped doing it but I still had my job to do so I had to figure out a way to create art in the time that I did have and the only time I did have was my commute and my commute was about an hour and 20 an hour and a half if there was traffic sometimes two hours each way I started leaving notes with positive thoughts and positive uh, ways of thinking and ideas and little jokes in copies of a newspaper and leaving them on the seats and the underground for people to discover. Uh, Do you remember what the first one was? Yeah it was give this to someone you think is amazing so I I like the idea of putting that there and then someone finding it and then going to work and just handing it to someone. Don't know if that happened it probably ended up in the bin Mm -hmm. but um, yeah that was the first ever one. Uh, As soon as I started doing it it became like part of my, my routine and Routinely forcing my brain to think positive things to share and to to try and help other people uh, Helped me and then I get to work with this knowledge that just left a little piece of Creativity for someone to find that someone might have found and picked up and Made a difference to their day and that in itself was enough to keep me going So for eight months I did this whilst I was still working in advertising And I didn't really have any response on social media I was sharing it on my Instagram account but no one was really interested Then I got fired which was a very political firing and it really shook me out of my my career my love for my job completely evaporated and so
0: was that connected you said it was a really i think so
1: yeah i mean okay. i went from all the best work was coming to me hot shots yeah, of the office uh, to yeah. being very much on the outside i still continued to make work and i, I managed to sell a very lucrative campaign for the agency but mm. yeah that can be sometimes the most dangerous thing to do in the in the in a corporate environment. So what
0: somehow your break off work had slightly tainted. Well it damaged the it eyes. damaged the
1: relationship with the management.
0: You were not a robot.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I reevaluate everything and I looked across what I'd like to do because I love all sorts of creativity. So I love film, I love painting, I love writing, drawing and I couldn't choose, I couldn't choose what I wanted to do. So it's like, oh I also love like stand up comedy as well. Like and I was looking at all these different things of, of what I could could do, and then I realized that, well, if you just call yourself an artist, then you can do whatever you want. It's just like an umbrella to to set yourself free, just to just to create. So I just launched into it. I launched into it with no knowledge of how I was going to do it, how you even become a, an artist. I just started calling myself it and making work. In the first year, I made probably about ten different projects, it was separate from Next to Strangers, and about half of them got a lot of traction online. They they got into the news interesting things started to happen as a result of them. But it was notes, the one that uh, really took off. And it was when I changed it from being in the newspaper to being street art. So it had been notes in the newspaper and then it wasn't really gaining any traction. I was doing it whenever I could because I was still freelancing. So I was still like on the tube. But uh, my Mac was broken while I was doing some paintings, doing some portraits. So I had a week... That I'd earned through freelancing I'd bought myself some time to be able to create art and my plan of painting these portraits went out the window because my Mac was broken right. so Bloody I thought well, well <laughs> so I thought well what can I do and I'd just come back from Germany and in Germany on the electrical boxes they have posters and they use it as ad space and I came back and I noticed that and I came back and looked at London and thought well no one's using that so one night I went out dressed like a ninja with a cap over my face and hoodie and went and put some posters up with my notes to strangers on them and that was it. It started gaining traction, gaining traction online with people sharing it. A bizarre thing happened that because I'd been creating all this artwork that had been obviously these these art projects that had got into the news, suddenly the advertising industry really wanted me back and I got called into one of the best agencies around and they offered me a, a very lucrative High profile job. But in my mind, I knew that that would just lead me to illness again because it would be so intense, the work would be so hard. I realized that I'm not cut out for that. So I turned it down. And on the tube on the way home, I started calculating what I'd just done and how a year ago, if you'd have offered me that job, it would have been every dream come true. But having gone on the journey I went through, I realized that it was something that I had to do so instead of going out to party to celebrate my new job I went out that night making work and one of the posters that I put up uh, good shit happens I wrote that because I was trying to attract some good shit I think went out that night probably really late woke up in the morning to a message from a BBC journalist who'd seen good shit happens and wanted to interview me for the BBC website and BBC World News so it was literally as fast as that it was literally turning down this job and then getting spotted by the journalist uh, and then a couple of days later we'd filmed a piece and it was on the homepage and my Instagram blew up from probably a couple of hundred to maybe ten thousand and it's all gone from there so it's, it's crazy it's crazy the way that happened like you couldn't make it up but it was it was that
0: bold move of turning down yeah. you know what's perceived to be the gig in pursuit of actually what makes you happy isn't absolutely
1: it? yeah I think that because I had quite a rapid ascension in the in the advertising industry I was taught by society by everybody that that's the that's the most important thing is is how much money you make and how how successful you are and I realized that that's all completely useless if you're not happy and you're not mentally well so I turned my back on that part of life and and I said well I'll just launch into something that I know is going to make me happy I don't know if it's going to make me any money ever I was prepared to go for as long as it took uh, uh, surviving on uh, however I could and I think that because I let go of it, it started coming to me.
0: So you consciously believe in the law of attraction?
1: It's an interesting one because for for years and years I did because I read The Secret. Yeah. And then I read recently, I read Happy by Darren Brown Mm -hmm. and he tears that to pieces. Okay. And he makes a very valid point. It made me reevaluate it. He makes the point that The Secret claims that if you believe in what you're doing, then it'll work. And if it doesn't work, it's because you didn't believe strong enough. Hard enough, yeah. And that's a very dangerous way of thinking. And he's got a very good point.
0: Today, what are you thankful for?
1: I had an email today from an animator who is working on an an animation project uh, with me. And he is... Way, way out of my league price range. He feels way out of my league in terms of experience. Uh, he's one of the, the best animators out there. And just through a few emails and through my body of my artwork, he, he's happy to work with me and juggle things around to make something happen that if I was in a company and I had approached him, there's no way this would happen. And I think that there's times when I despair with the, the position that I've got into where people are listening to me, position of having a lot of people following you but then there's times like today where I've suddenly got this amazing another artist to 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 work with me is what the times when I'm like I'm so lucky to to be able to reach out to people who are going to be wanting to work with me on creative projects cuz ultimately that's the, the the thing that never ever lets me down is the creative process and it's the one thing that I always rely on if I'm ever feeling not good I turn to creativity and when my focus is purely on creating then things go well
0: so Notes to Strangers is going to be animated?
1: Moving Notes to Strangers, I think that's what I'm going to call it. The first ever moving Notes to Strangers, perhaps it can become a regular
0: And what about the thank you next? So a chapter in your life that maybe you're happy is behind you or something that kind of at the time seemed slightly disastrous, but has led you in a better direction?
1: It's difficult to to know when you've left something behind until you're about probably about four years down the line. So perhaps there has been a chapter that I've turned my back on recently, but... I'd say even within, a few, like within the last few months, I still get approached by my old world by advertising, be that to work as a creative within the agencies or to turn notes into an advertising vehicle and to sell the creative integrity of it. I've managed to always resist it. I'd like to think that I'm gonna step away from that. I'd like to think that, that that part of my life is completely over to the point where I had a few people reaching out to me to offer me some work that was was very lucrative i said no and i know that in saying no it's kind of burned my bridges there and i think it's something that i purposefully did i think you hear a lot about don't burn your bridges but i believe actually burn the bridges and then you've got nowhere to go but forward so i hope hopefully i've burned all my bridges with the advertising industry forever <laughs> <See ya>. yeah <laughs> they don't want anything to do with me ever again um
0: And you're free. And I'm
1: free, free to just keep creating.
0: And do you think that's because like there's a defiance kind of in with respect to that kind of industry? Do you think that comes from being slightly bruised by it at a time when you were vulnerable and maybe needed a bit of support and they gave you the opposite of that? So you're like, actually, now that things are good.
1: I think it's the corporate world in general. Advertising is the sharp end of it. Mm. But I think that when I talk about advertising as an industry, I think that actually, you can talk about the whole corporate world because, and I think that the reason that a lot of my notes have connected with people, because I I still have that fresh memory of the work life. I still have that fresh memory of commute and how brutalizing it can be. So I think that when you decide to turn your back on that kind of life, it's scary because you're kind of going into the unknown. And I know from the messages that I receive that the number one fantasy of out there of like people's lives is quitting their job like it really really is and the thing that holds you into it is this lifestyle that we're sold it's a lifestyle of a bigger house a new car designer clothes uh the holiday, the, Insta- holiday. the instagramable holiday it's very lonely at times trying to turn your back on that and say there's other ways to live like when you realize that um the mental health epidemic crisis that's going on across the world i think is is a result of 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 living this life where we think that the next thing we buy will be the thing that makes us happy or the next holiday when actually life's a process and the day-to-day is where where most of life is lived so if you've got the courage to try and seek your own way your own way of doing things i think you get rewarded
0: you are a risk taker though would that be fair to say
1: Well it's very easy for me to say because first of all I got fired I didn't jump I got pushed I quit by saying I'm not going back perhaps my subconscious led me to that point where I got fired uh, but who knows there is no avoidance of risk so even if you're playing it safe and even if you're doing everything that's asked of you that's still risky in itself like you, you could risk in a few years or 10 years looking back and saying why didn't I take those risks that's what you're risking by not taking the risks so i don't think there is a a way to live life risk-free we're always all at some sort of risk even walking around on the streets you're always at a risk so i don't know if I'd, I'd, i'd consider myself a risk taker i think that i believe in myself creatively it's the one bit of confidence that never ever leaves me is is my ability to create i believe in in that part of myself is because I'm more persistent than most people uh, and I work very hard so like my auntie was talking to me about it recently and she said about talent and I said I don't know if I don't know if talent is actually all that important anymore or if it ever has been I think that I wasn't even the most talented artist at my school in my class like I wasn't even the, the best artist or, or painter in my class but I'm the the only one that's it's gone and become a professional artist and I believe it's because of my persistence and because of determination and, and hard work and that's that's and belief, and belief. yeah where but did
0: that come from do you think you can't fake that you can do all the thing you can do all the work but if there's a nagging feeling you know that you're not quite
1: I think it's because I love it the reason that there's that belief there is because I love it so much because I love creating and making art so much I just forget it all. I forget all the fears and the concerns, and I just get lost in the process of making. And when you love something, it, it just becomes so much easier to do it because it doesn't feel like work. It's just a joy.
0: Amen to that. What is your thank fuck for this?
1: I went to the gym earlier this morning, and then I was running late because I had to send this email and do a little bit of admin. And I had about 10 minutes to cook some food that I knew I needed to eat because I had to come speak to you. So my thank fuck is for eggs. I love eggs. Because they're so, so easy to cook. What, What, did we
0: go poached? No, no, fried.
1: uh, Not fried, sorry, an omelette. But but cooked like super, super rapid in Mm -hmm. piping hot oil that takes literally about 20 seconds. I mean, they're there whenever you need them. And then think about cakes. Yeah. Even from sort of the... The hunger stopping power to the the way that they change a cake. Yeah, avocados. I think. I think everyone's getting a little bit bored. I think. Yeah. Uh, it, it was the age of the avocado. I think eggs are the future they for really the next are. like few few years. <laughs> I think we're going <laughs> to enter into the egg age. <laughs>
0: Also I think with avocados, it's a bit of a Russian roulette. Like you think it's ripe, you open it up, it's not extremely temperamental. Yeah, or ooh, it's ripe, no, it's brown, it's not ripe, it's overripe.
1: And then even if it looks perfect, sometimes it tastes awful. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, avocados, I mean
0: You're playing with fire really.
1: It is, it's a dangerous game.
0: I love. Also, in terms of Instagram, obviously Notes to Strangers, it's a big Instagram following. Wasn't that there an Instagram account where an egg got like the most go. followers overnight?
1: Is there any coincidence in that? like mm. the, the egg age we're in. The
0: egg age, the egg age. <laughs> Do you have a thanks that got away?
1: I'm very hard on advertising, but the reason I think I'm hard on it is because there's so many amazing people working within it uh, who have the potential to do so much more amazing things than what they get forced to and there was one senior person in my career who at a very crucial point warned me off cocaine and uh, he, he went out of his way to talk to me about it about how damaging and how dangerous it can be and how how many young creatives he sees careers go completely off the rails because of it
0: and it's rife in that industry. I mean, I guess it's... Oh, it's
1: rife across every industry. But yeah, advertising especially, because it's a confidence drug and advertising is a confidence uh, game. And I think that catching me at the time that he did with the words that he did made a huge, huge difference. Because I didn't believe I would have been able to do what I'd done without the ability to shrink my lifestyle and be able to live off not very much money for extended periods when I was trying to make the transition from being in advertising to being an artist so it's interesting because I once got asked a question by a magazine saying what's the most important creative moment of your life and I always say it was turning down cocaine because there's no way that I could I would be sat where I am now with everything that's happened if I had a, a very expensive cocaine habit and I know myself I know how dangerous that would be for me so I would say that I'd say that to someone who. Um, Perhaps we didn't leave on the best of terms because I was a lot younger then and a lot more fiery and a lot more uh, impatient. But yeah, it really made a a big difference just hearing those words uh, that stuck with me. What did he say? He said that he'd done it and it was awful. He said it was rubbish. Uh, He said, don't do it because it's no good. He said that he he went on to advocate lots of other drugs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's listed them saying oh well, you could do these and these ones but don't do this one uh, which i didn't well I, I'm, I'm very anti-drugs but um but it was that kind of honesty like it was that, that
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's care
0: isn't it it's going i see you i see your potential don't don't mess
1: it yeah up. it is it is and it's having the foresight to see that and to see that that's in your future this is going to be a thing that could trip you up in your future and saying it which was which i really appreciate
0: Who would you give the big thank you to?
1: The big thank you? Oh. Outside
0: of your family, man. Yeah, I
1: mean, the family is the ultimate, yeah. isn't it? Uh, it's just the easy the easy answer. Mm-hmm. Big thank you to the Wolves manager, Nuno Espirito Santos, and the Wolves players, because I've supported Wolves for...
0: Is this football we're talking is about? Is football, okay. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay and they've
1: kept you going no no they've been awful for all my life pretty much I feel like 20 well I'm 33 now probably started going when I was 7 so what's that 26 years and 22 of those have been mostly just pain and misery and now we've got this Portuguese manager and this Portuguese players that have come in and uh, and Wolves have started to, to make waves again so I went to the game recently and I was just walking away and it didn't even feel real. And I think that it's, it's all down to this this manager, Nuno. I don't, think, I, don't I don't know if Nuno's going to listen to this. <laughs> Nuno, if you're listening, thank you. Season
0: tickets, Nuno. I mean, maybe,
1: you never know.
0: <laughs> but you mentioned that persistence is kind of what got you to where you are now. It's hard to persist with the team who are making a tit of themselves every week.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, it's
0: unconditional love, it is uncondi-
1: It is unconditional love. And it's a lesson. It's, uh, it's like deeply, deeply ingrained into where I grew up and my family. There is no choice with that. It's like an extension of the family, really, a football team. And it becomes this, like, we go to the games together. It's always a thing we talk about. It's all, We know that we're always all following it. So I think that well, this sport is one of the most important things of all the unimportant things. And Unifying. I, I, yeah, I believe that. I think the front pages are full of misery. The back pages are full of triumph and success. It's often
0: misery, but... You know for the person who missed the penalty oh yeah yeah (laughs) but yeah it's drama i I do think it's unifying they always say that like really good sporting moments national sporting moments coincide with an up like an uplift in the economy it feels good we feel confident as a nation
1: yeah, and I can see it in the town. I can see it, when, well, not not a town, a city. I can see it when I go back to Wolverhampton and you can feel it. You can feel it in the bars and the, the restaurants and the, uh, on the streets that there is this, it makes a huge, huge difference. I think sports, like, there's a similarity between sports and art in that there's a magic to it that you can't really explain.
0: You are used to, obviously, writing notes to strangers. Do you write notes to, like, actual personal notes that you send to people?
1: Um, really bad. Cards. Are always generally quite late when I send them. What I'm bad at is following those kind of societal norms uh, of sending the cards and being on time with presents and stuff. I like to think that I make a lot of effort to go see people, so that's where I'm better. Yeah. So I, I do make the effort to to go see, especially my family. I go see them as much as I can, and when I'm present with people, then I, I try to be as present as possible. But yeah, I'm, I'm really bad actually at keeping up to date with all that stuff. And um, is
0: that presence, you know, that you have, do you have to exercise that? Do you have to remind yourself to be present? Or is it, is it quite natural? It's quite
1: natural. Yeah. If I like spending time with people, they like spending time with them. It's like I question so much. I, I was talking to another artist about this recently at a thing we were doing. And I said about how difficult it is because you're constantly questioning everything, everyone and yourself all the time. And that's where the work comes from, where like the work comes from these questions. So yeah, I I don't know if I'd buy into, buy into it. I think that there's a lot of power in the writing of the notes. Like, and so you, you write the card, and yeah, maybe it's something I just need to get better at. Maybe I've got no answer for this. But is that uh, a
0: retaliation? Because I feel like it's, you know, it's you against the man. I feel like you're kind of thinking, no, Hallmark can go and do when I'm <laughs> not sending birthday cards. That actually on a deeper level, that just feels like you're, kind of fueling somebody else's thing
1: yeah perhaps yeah christmas for me the presents don't do anything for me like they do as a kid and but i see it now with my nephews like they've got a lot of relatives so and they're quite young and they get they get so many gifts on christmas that they can't even open them all They get showered with them
0: next next next
1: and actually the best bit of it is always spending the time with each other and um it's not it's not to do with buying things for each other and gestures it's more about the 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 time you spend being present in that moment and enjoying the whole thing about you know how you buy a cat loads of toys and it ends up playing with a bit of string or the top of a milk carton Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with kids i think like you can buy them all the toys they want and all the games consoles but then you end up just doing something stupid something that doesn't cost anything and and mm. those that's the more that's the most fun because you just think you create you you invent yeah, it yourself so yeah
0: yeah I remember my sister has four kids and my niece second from the top is also my godchild and I live here and they live in Ireland and I would go back always with you know presents and bits and pieces and because I remember my auntie coming with stuff and it being really glamorous to arrive with with stuff anyway I was home kind of slightly time-starved and I decided I took a day off and I took her to like a soft play thing this is before I had my daughter and it was sheer hell but I also loved it and so we spent the day and I was up like climbing around the things and going through the foam rollers and everything and at the end of the day she came up to me and she sat on my knee and she kissed me on the mouth and said I love you and I was like oh my god and I said it to my sister I was like Fia just said I love you and she said that's because you spent the day playing with it so no amount of lol dolls or whatever shit you throw at her exactly makes any difference
1: one of the big privileges i have is that uh, i decide i I have control over my time now and i decide what i'm going to spend my time doing and i think that the biggest gift you can give someone is your time like spending time with someone is way way more valuable than any kind of present or any kind of trinket
0: on that note thank you in a very busy world (laughs) and life creating uh, for taking the time Um,
1: to sit here you're welcome
0: thank you for having me it was a pleasure thank you Big thank you to Andy Leak. You can follow him at Notes to Strangers on Instagram. And if this has sparked some ideas about what you're thankful for this week, drop them to me at hashtag Thanks a Million or at Angela Scanlon on all the usual platforms. If this is your first taste of Thanks a Million, then do subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on your smart home device. It's really easy and it's free, which can't be said for most things. So yeah, do leave us a review. Five stars, ideally. I'm watching. And um, we're still only young and every review helps us to get more great people just like you to so spread the word. Thanks again to Andy, to the producer Matt Hill at Rethink Audio and to you lot for listening. Thanks a million.
1: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact...